Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlas Fitcast. I am your host, Andy Hayes. Today's episode is brought to you by Atlas Fitness Evolved, as always, providing progressive, challenging, and effective exercise programming to the World Wide Web, as well as the St. Louis, Missouri area. This is going to be episode 19, where I'm going to be talking about establishing the basics before becoming a badass. So this is going to be an overview of building a solid foundation and gradually working up to becoming a fitness badass. So what I'm going to talk about in this episode is basically uh, fitness foundations, where, where you start uh, based off of what you're looking to achieve and why I think this is going to be important is because a lot of people are starting with crazy shit that they are seeing on YouTube or Facebook, online, on television, or even live in person in the gym. And uh, while this can be, you know, awesome inspiration, what you need to understand is that these exercises are not where supposed badass, uh, you know, fitness people, uh, whether they're, they are professionals, so say like my fellow trainers, strength coaches, um, or say even their athletes, this is not where they began. This is not how they started their fitness journey. So that's not where you should start yours either. Even if you are not even a beginner, if you don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it, but you just think it looks cool, probably not the best reason to be uh, involving an, an exercise or trying to mimic what they were doing unless you really know the purpose and you have you know the the foundations to to control the movement and uh and get the benefits of that particular exercise all right so to get there what you want to do is uh not mimic what they're doing now but you want to do what these people did when they were just getting started and what they you know, 99% sure, uh, I, I, I know they started with basic, fundamental, foundational exercises and built up with gradual progressions to get to where they are today. So, you know, a lot of people look at professional athletes, they're like, man, that's, that's like some badass training montages. Or when you watch Rocky, you're like, holy crap, like Ivan Drago's son is doing this crazy... Uh, workout, uh, getting ready to, to fight Adonis Creed in Creed II. Uh, I, that, that's just on my mind because I watched that movie uh, recently. But that's that's not where any of these guys began. They, they started probably training you know, when they were younger, playing in some sports, and they, they started with some more basic exercises and then gradually became more fit and got to the point where they could do some of those badass, really cool-looking exercises. Um, there is a really, uh, I would say this, uh, this guy that I'm about to talk about is in the top five uh, most influential and uh, most knowledgeable strength coaches in the world, and his name is Dave Tate. And he runs this website called Elite FTS, and they they have some blogs on there for uh, you know mostly powerlifting, which is benching, squatting, and deadlifting. 
um, but he also sells all sorts of really cool equipment on this website. But uh, he's, he's really influential, really, really knowledgeable, and he has a, a pretty humorous, uh, but I also think realistic scale of determining where someone is at in terms of, of their fitness abilities. And he says they either are shit, suck, good, or great. Okay, so uh, if, if you are in that category of you know your, your fitness, whether it's strength, mobility, or your conditioning level is shit, but you're trying to do great you know exercises um, or you, you know that are meant for people that are in great shape, whether that programming is the intensity or, or the actual modality, um, you're, you're probably not going to execute it that well. All right, so you need to go, you can't go straight from shit to great. You're going to have to go from that status of shit, then to suck, then you're good, then you're great. And then I kind of put my own percentages on here. So if we think of it as a 0 to 100 scale, if um, you're, you're in that lower category of, of uh, you know, that, that shit category, you're zero to sixty percent, somewhere in there. You're you're not at a passing grade, and you need to work on mobility and stability exercises. Work on foundational movement patterns, and you'd be surprised on how quickly you can get out of this shit category, the zero to sixty percentile, up into the sixty to eighty percentile, which I'm going to call a suck, and uh, that is where you are actually starting to actually maybe do some more fun things, maybe hold on to some external weight and do some, you know, traditional movement patterns with not only your body weight with but with some with some extra weight on top. And then to go out of suck to good and good I'm gonna say is like eighty to ninety five percent, you're do you're doing your typical traditional uh, you know, exercises and movements um, you're going moderate to heavy weights where you're actually being able to do, uh, so say like chin-ups and you can bench press at this point and you can do some simple squats. And then when you get out of the good category, you're great. You are at uh, the 95% and above. Uh, so you're at like A plus level and you're doing specialty moves, very athletic movements. You're using really cool equipment. You're, you're really explosive. You can lift really heavy because you have built a solid foundation uh, with your body. And we can, we can uh, think of what you need to accomplish into three categories. And that is in the category of uh, mobility slash flexibility. Uh, your your uh, that that's first. Second would be your conditioning level, and third would be your uh, strength abilities. So strength, conditioning, and mobility, which is kind of the three points that Atlas Fitness Evolved kind of uh, focuses on. Because if you, you you can put pretty much everything in fitness into those categories, and then if you're working on those things, depending on your goals, you're going to accomplish anything that you that you set out to do as long as you have effective programming. Okay, so if uh, if we're looking at mobility, the most foundational things that you should be doing is doing some dynamic stretching and some self myofascial release exercises like foam rolling and some static stretches to help improve the mobility and stability of your joints. 
okay and depending on which joint we're talking about is uh, depends on uh, what type of uh, exercise or stretching mobility exercise you should be doing and concentrating on so if we're talking about if your weakness is in your feet we'll start from the ground up if you're we're looking at your feet we want your the 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 joints in your feet to be very stable and then we want the joints in your ankle to be very mobile so doing stretching exercises for your for your ankles and then we want your knees to be very stable we want your hips to be very mobile. We want your low back to be stable. We want your thoracic spine, which is that area kind of in between your neck and your low back. We want that to be a mobile uh, system of joints. And then we want your scapula, which is the, the your shoulder blade muscles. We want those to be very stable. And then if we look at your shoulders, we want those to be very mobile. And if we're doing exercises, flexibility, mobility exercises to work on each of these things, you're going to have way better movement patterns. And uh, I would recommend you do you work on your mobility with the most enjoyable variation of mobility training that works for you. So learning some things on your own, maybe going to a, a yoga class, um, you know, following some online yoga, or, you know, I, I do post uh, a good bit of my favorite mobility stuff on, on Instagram and YouTube. So make sure you are checking out at Atlas Fitness Evolved on Instagram and also on uh, YouTube. Just search for Atlas Fitness Evolved. You, you will see the, the golden A you know, inside of a shield. It's a, it's a very recognizable signal. And then basically to, to progress with your mobility, you're looking to look and gradually do more difficult uh, positions as you get more mobile within the, the realm of self-myofascial release. Um, you gradually move on to maybe some more dense foam rollers or maybe some smaller tools. The smaller the tool, the more pressure you're going to be able to put on your joints. So if you can think about this, if you lay on um, a basketball and roll on it a little bit, it's going to be less pressure than if you lay on a golf ball because that golf ball is going to put the same amount of pressure but on a smaller area of your body. And so you're, that's going to be a little bit more advanced self-myofascial release exercise. And then in terms of like yoga, if you're if you're confused of by all the names of yoga, the, the most uh, uh, beginner Based yoga is going to be uh, Hatha yoga, H-A-T-H-A. -A. Uh, and then uh, more of the intermediate would be more like a vinyasa uh, yoga, which would be more of the flow, which is where you go from movement to movement once you kind of get the, the initial stuff down. And then if you're wanting uh, to move on to a more advanced, uh, you would move on to Ashtanga or Ashtanga. I don't know the correct pronunciation, but... As long as you uh, see that maybe in a schedule at your local gym, you will know that uh, Hatha Yoga is beginner, Vinyasa is more of that intermediate, and then Ashtanga is more of that advanced yoga. So that's how you can do that. So you kind of go based off there. And then in terms of your conditioning, I definitely suggest everyone start off with the lower intensity steady state exercise to kind of build up an aerobic base and then work up 
over time as you become stronger, not only in your skeletal muscles and in your joints, but also with your heart and your lungs, and you're building some confidence this way. And then you eventually, you can start going into the interval training and work up in your intensity to be doing variations of sprints, which is what I've talked about in a previous podcast, uh, which was titled uh, HIT versus LIST. And that is high intensity interval training versus low intensity steady state. And I give you the rundown of why each of them are both important for most people. All right, so for example, if you are starting your conditioning program, I would suggest you start off, and th- this is just an example uh, progression. I'd start off with just walking. And then maybe after you know three to four weeks, you move on from uh, doing walking on some days and then maybe in- introducing some uh, low-impact intervals on, say, a bike. So you are not only walking on some days, but the other days you are doing some a little bit higher intensity stuff to kind of start to introduce that, but maybe start off with something that is low impact like a bike. And then, you know, three to four weeks after that, you start doing the bike as low intensity steady state, which is no intervals, it's just lower intensity uh, the, the the same intensity for the entire duration of 30 minutes or more. But then you might introduce, now that you've been exercising for longer periods of time, you're used to walking, maybe you introduce some jogging intervals a couple days a week. And then after that, um, say another four weeks go by, uh, go back to walking, low intensity, steady state, but then involve bike sprints. So like max effort, all out bike sprints. And then after you do that for three to four weeks, then you go back to low intensity bike, but then introduce some running sprints. So you've gradually progressed from walking to jogging, then to running slash sprinting there um, after say like a two to three month period, you've given yourself time to build up and you're going to avoid injury that way as well. So uh, you're, you're not a badass sprinter, right? As you start, but then if you are patient and give your body time to adapt to those imposed, imposed demands, uh, you're going to, you're going to be able to adapt with minimal risk of, uh, injuring yourself. Okay. And then probably the biggest thing that, uh, people start doing incorrectly in terms of progressions early on is their strength training. So let me go through a few examples of that. So, um, I'm going to go through upper body pushing, upper body pulling, squatting, lunging, and hinging slash deadlifting variations of where you could start instead of just going straight to, you know, bench pressing a bar or squatting with a bar or deadlifting with a bar. If you've never done these movements or, or your body's just not used to the mobility and the stability, the muscular coordination, you know, what you need to accomplish the movement successfully so you can get more out of it, you're going to want to start on the lower end of the spectrum. All right, so let me start with pushing. So before you ever go to a bar and try to pick it up up off your chest uh, doing some bench pressing, you probably want to start off by mastering your, your ability to push your own body instead of uh, the bar. So that would be variations of push-ups. Okay, if you can't do a full push-up on the floor, then maybe you do a push-up where your hands are elevated on top of uh, like a bench or a box, or if you have some suspension trainers in your gym, you're doing some push-ups off of those, and then you gradually work up your strength uh, with some with some push-up progressions on that. 
and then eventually you might move on to uh, doing some dumbbell presses. So you lay on your back and you uh, lift some dumbbells. Now, the reason why I don't I say don't start with dumbbells is because if you've ever seen somebody start off lifting dumbbells day one, they look like they have no muscular coordination whatsoever. They're kind of all wobbly, and I'd hate for somebody to get hurt on day one by not having that stability within their shoulder um, joint to be able to accomplish this movement. So push-ups first, then dumbbell pressing, and then eventually you work up to uh, doing some lighter bench pressing movements, and then gradually you add weight to your bench press, and then eventually you could even do some specialty bar uh, bench pressing motions where you can add like band tension or uh, uh, you could do you could add chains and chains look really cool and they have a lot of you know benefits but that's obviously not something you do day one all right you don't need to be doing exercises for great fitness so the 95 percentile and up right when you get started you can get crazy benefits from starting off with push-ups and it's much safer that way before you move on to all these other progressions. So believe me, start with the basics before you move on to the badass stuff. All right. In terms of pulling for the upper body, most people are like, oh man, it would be so badass if I could do a chin-up or a pull-up. And this is true, but you don't just jump on the bar and immediately start doing chin-ups. All right. For one, um, you need to build, build the strength. And two, um, if you do have some extra fat tissue on your body, maybe um, over the time working out and you know working on your nutrition, you drop some some body fat while you get stronger, and then from both ends, you're going to meet in the middle and eventually be able to do a chin up. But how you would get started would would be building up some back strength by doing some banded rows. So using some of those big elastic rubber bands and doing some banded rows or some cable rows, or using the suspension trainers and doing some body weight rows. And then as you gradually put your feet closer and closer to the wall, that makes the suspension trainer rows more and more difficult as you progress and get stronger. And then eventually, yes, you will be ready to put your hands on the bar, jump up over the bar, and then maybe, though you can't uh, pull yourself up over the bar, which is the strength of your upper body. Maybe you could jump up and use you know, uh, your legs to get over the bar and then you lower yourself under control back down towards the ground. And this is called eccentric emphasis uh, chin-ups or pull-ups. And you could do this with a lot of exercises, but doing the controlled lowering will help you develop the strength to do controlled raising of your body too. Uh, it's, it's working the same muscles, just... Uh, in a slightly different uh, contraction direction, all right? And then so eventually after you do eccentric chin-ups, you build up some strength over time, then you're going to be able to eventually do some normal chin-ups, and then you gradually can do more and more reps, and then eventually maybe one day you'll be doing chin-ups with extra weight loaded onto your body. So, you know, putting uh, a weight vest on your body or holding a dumbbell between your legs and lifting not only your body weight but some external weight as well. That definitely does look badass. But again, you don't start there. You have to work your way up. All right. In terms of squats, a lot of people have really crappy squatting patterns. Uh, and it's just something because they never learned how to properly squat. 
And so instead of going straight to the squat rack, I see this all the time. People, you know, especially younger males, teenager, teenagers in their, their 20s, loading up the bar, you know, not even warming up first, which is bad. And then they are only doing like a, like a quarter rep squat. And then, you know, they, they put the weight back on the rack and then walk away. They don't even re-rack their weights, which is one of my biggest pet peeves, by the way. So where would you start with squats? Well, um, using just your body weight is one of the best ways to start. And not only is this going to help you develop strength, but also mobility for your squat as well. So we want stability in the knees, mobility ankles and the hips. And you could start by doing maybe a suspension trainer squat. And maybe you squat down, uh, you, you pull up a bench or a box or even a chair up to uh, where the suspension trainer is and you have a seat. And then the suspension trainer is helping you squat up and down. So it's just there to kind of assist you uh, to pull up and down uh, and that uh, squat variation. And then eventually you, you don't use the suspension trainer anymore and then you just sit down to the box or the chair and then stand back up. Because that's all a squat is. It's just sitting down and standing up. Eventually, you won't be using anything underneath you, like the box or the chair. And you, uh, you'll you just do it kind of in the open air. All right? But once you've kind of done the box squat for a while, then maybe we do add some external resistance. And my favorite variation is probably a goblet squat, which is where you're holding a weight in the front of your body, just in front of your kind of your collarbone chest area. And then uh, you're doing a box squat with a weight. And then eventually we take that box away and then you're just doing it in the open air. Okay. And then maybe after that, we do start involving a barbell. You put a barbell up on your shoulders. But again, we might involve the box again and kind of get used to the balancing the bar on your back and then going up and down. And then eventually maybe we take that box away again. And then you're just doing a, a normal traditional barbell squat good depth, good mobility, and then eventually maybe you start using uh, specialty variations beyond that, using chains and bands once you've gotten stronger, uh, doing you know more maximal lifting if that is your goal. All right, and then uh, after squats, we of course have to talk about deadlifting or hinging. Instead of just going straight to the bar, I would recommend you get used to just hinging with your body weight first, and one of the best ways is to kind of put your butt about a foot maybe a little less than a foot away from a wall. And then you work on, you know, getting the hinging motion down, which is where you need to be pushing your hips behind you and keeping a flat, neutral spine as you do this without rounding over because that's you want structural integrity of your spine when you are deadlifting eventually. And then... Maybe you do, uh, after that, you work on some a little bit of resistance. One of my favorite things is a band pull-through. You anchor a band behind you, and then you take the band between your legs and pull it between uh, your knees and bring it up and down. And then maybe after that, you start off with some kettlebell deadlifts. And if you're not good at the deadlift from there, maybe you are lifting the kettlebell uh, off of a little bit higher surface so maybe you take a bumper plate and you put it on the floor put the kettlebell on top of it and then straddle the plate and then instead of picking the kettlebell up off the floor you're picking it about two to three inches higher than the floor and then you work on that motion and then after you get good at that then maybe you start pulling the kettlebell from the floor instead of this 
raised up surface that you were using. And then when you get used to that, then maybe we start involving a trap bar, also known as a hex bar, which is where the weight, the, uh, the bar surrounds you, and it's a little bit better on your spine. Uh, this is a great way to start developing the deadlift. And then once you get the, the trap bar down, then maybe we start involving the barbell variation of the deadlift after that. Okay. And then let me do one more, uh, a unilateral exercise. So let's talk about lunges. Uh, instead of going straight to holding, you know, a barbell, you um, might, you know, just do your body weight. And even not that, maybe we use the TRX and we're using uh, a suspension trainer to kind of subtract a little bit of weight out of your body. So especially for my uh, my overweight clients, I have them um, use a uh, a suspension trainer or anybody that just doesn't have a good enough range of motion. Um, I would rather them, you know, use the suspension trainer and go through a fuller range of motion, rather a shallow range of motion with their lunges. And then uh, eventually you're not using the TRX anymore and you're just doing your body weight. And then after that, maybe we hold a light pair of dumbbells and then, you know, um, it's not just about the tool or the weight that you're using, it can also be the position in which you're holding weight. So if you can imagine somebody doing a backward lunge, the easiest position to hold a dumbbell is going to be straight arms down at your side with the dumbbells kind of next to your hips doing your backward lunge, lunges. And then um, if you wanted to increase the intensity, what you would do is you would kind of curl the weights up and you would hold the dumbbells at the shoulder level. And then that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. And then if you want it even more difficult from there, you push your arms over the head. So you do an overhead press with the weights. And then you are holding your arms in the locked out position overhead. And then you are doing some lunges that way. And the reason why this is more difficult, the further you are holding weight away from the main joint working, the more difficult the exercise is going to be. So when you're holding the dumbbells at your side, it's right next to your hips, and your hips are the most important muscle in a lunge or the most important joint in a lunge. All right, and then we we take it, you know, a foot and a half, two feet away by putting it at the shoulder. That makes it more difficult. And then we take it like three to four feet away when you lock it out over the head. All right, so increasing that distance does make it more difficult. And then, you know, you could do this with uh, barbells eventually, and then even to increase the range of motion of a lunge even more, you could eventually do it to where you were initially standing on top of a step that is anywhere from, you know, three to 12 inches off the ground, and then you do a backward lunge off of that step, and then that range of motion is going to be even that much more difficult to perform. Okay, so there were some examples of some uh, very basic strength training all the way up to some pretty pretty advanced stuff and to the point where uh, a lot of this stuff starts to look pretty badass, which is very cool, but again, you want to start very basic and work your way up and um, I assure you that if you start basic, you're going to be injury-free and eventually you will get to those really cool things. Um, you're just going to have to be patient and over time you will get there. No matter who you are, your level right now, anybody can advance 
and um, I assure you that it will be for the betterment of your health and your fitness. So that's all I have for you. Make sure you are subscribing to the Atlas Fitcast on whatever platform you are listening to me on right now. And uh, again, we are doing uh, new content for the podcast every Monday and Thursday. And uh, I will be, you know, putting information out on Instagram that will be uh, complimentary to the things that I'm discussing on the podcast episodes. All right. So this has been episode 19 and I do really appreciate you listening. Make sure you uh, are telling your friends, family, coworkers about the Atlas Fitcast. Uh, the more followers, the more uh, ears that listen to my advice, the better. I really appreciate that. And remember, if it is important to you, you will find a solution. If it is not, you will find an excuse. Until next time, peace.